Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday, April 13. I'm Juliet bennett Ryla here with Astronda Alfred, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to talk about weather apps. They're great when they work, but they often mislead us. We're going to discuss why these supposedly useful apps often get it wrong. But first, let's talk about what else is happening in the world of business and tech. Inflation remains up in the United States, but it's rising slower. Last month saw a 0.1% increase, an improvement on February's 0.4% rate. March also marked the lowest monthly rise since May of 2021. NPR was pretty upset when Twitter slapped its profile with a state-affiliated media label, followed by a government-funded media label. NPR is neither, with less than 1% of its budget coming from federal funding. As Twitter seems unwilling to budge, NPR announced it is taking its news and going home. BBC, on the other hand, will shed its government-funded media label and receive a publicly funded label instead. Warner Brothers Discovery confirmed HBO Max and Discovery will merge into one service, Max, on May 23. Prices start at $9.99 if you're cool with ads. The Library of Congress's National Recording Registry has 25 new inductees from a variety of genre. They include Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, the Super Mario Brothers theme song, and Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. New York City has finally appointed its rat czar. Kathleen Karate, who formerly fought against rats for the Department of Education, will earn a salary of $155,000 a year to keep the city's rodent population under control. She has said in no uncertain terms that she hates rats, as do, she asserts, all New Yorkers. And finally, a way to earn some cash. If you find a security vulnerability in OpenAI's API, including ChatGPT, you could score up to $20,000. Purposely jailbreaking ChatGPT, however, will earn you nothing. And now let's talk about the weather. Les, do you use a weather app? I do. I tend to reference the Apple weather app a little more often than I'd like to admit. (laughs) You and I live in Los Angeles, albeit on opposite sides. And I find our weather is, is pretty consistent, but not as consistent as people think it is. Oh, for sure. I mean, LA has so many microclimates that if you look up Los Angeles on the weather app, it might be consistent with one part of Los Angeles, but completely different for another neighborhood. Les is on the west side and I'm on the east side and we basically live in different states. Um, (laughs) It's different climates for sure. (laughs) But anyhow, complaining about the inaccuracy of weather apps, that's nothing new. It's a topic that was recently covered in The Atlantic and looked at by Sarah Friedman in today's newsletter. Now, there are over 100,000 apps out there and they all pull from similar data. Uh, One example would be the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. 
that data is interpreted by meteorologists or app-specific algorithms or both, and then it's delivered to users. However, even the best weather apps achieve an accuracy of only 80% uh, or so, according to Forecast Advisor, which is a site that grades these apps. So one problem is apparently that weather is complex and even small changes in the atmosphere's moisture can have huge effects. Um, Less, as you said, Anywhere with a microclimate, such as a waterfront, mountain ranges, et cetera, are often given one sweeping forecast that may not be accurate for some users. And also human meteorologists can provide context and nuance in ways that apps can't. And then uh, some apps just give us a bunch of data, but we are not meteorologists. And so we really don't know how to read it. (laughs) The one thing that I found really interesting in this Atlantic piece, they were talking about how people still seem to like or have a loyalty to certain apps, especially ones that seem to come with a a vibe, um, like if it looks pretty. And one of one that they mentioned was Carrot. So I was like, all right, I'm going to download it. And um, it's like a little weather bot, but she's very cheeky. Um, For example, she's like, I'll accept luxury vacations in exchange for better weather is what she said today. And (laughs) Les, as you work in marketing, I'm wondering how you feel about this. Do people like the apps because they're cool or or what do you think? I mean, I think that there's a few different reasons for this. I mean, people would absolutely use an app if it has a certain aesthetic that they like. I mean, I think we know, especially millennials and Gen Zs, love an aesthetic. And I also think that there's a big convenience element. If you're on the go, you're trying to determine the weather, you already have your phone in your hand, it makes sense to just hop onto your favorite app to check and see, even if it may not be the most accurate. Have you ever downloaded an, an app that is not built in on your phone? I haven't, but you know what I have done a lot is I will ask Alexa what the weather is like while I'm in my closet trying to figure out what to wear, which kind of feels like the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I do that with Google Assistant. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, this isn't necessarily about accuracy, but I will get frustrated with weather apps if it tells me something that I don't want to hear, much like it's told me in Los Angeles all year. I will get frustrated with an app if the weather is less than desirable. (laughs) Mm. which is not the app's fault, more of a me problem because I've been not so happy with how much gray and and rain we've had in Los Angeles this year. This reminds me of another type of app. (laughs) Do you also get upset if you look at a map program and it tells you there's a lot of traffic? Absolutely. It's the messenger, you know? (laughs) Yes. And do you think it would help if your mapping app was cute or had a cool vibe? (laughs) It could. You know, it could be cool if it was cute, had a cool vibe and could maybe curate a playlist for the adventure ahead that kind of matches your route. That could be kind of fun. That would be fun. I don't think I'm I'm aware of like mapping software that's a, that you can get different voices. I saw, was it Waze? One of, one of them had a Zodiac thing where you could tell it your birthday and it would do things based on what it thought your star sign would agree with. <laughs> I need to find that. That sounds fun. You know, I would also be interested to see, thinking of it from a marketing angle, if there's any difference in how weather apps are used generationally. Like I would be willing to bet that probably folks that are a little bit younger would be more likely to download a very specific, maybe aesthetic, vibey weather app versus folks that are potentially a little bit older would be more likely to use the kind of basic Apple weather. I am pretty certain that my mom still turns on the television every day to see you know, maybe not school closings now that her kids are grown, but I mean, every single morning, what's the weather going to be? My mom lives in Michigan where it snows a lot. Um, and I don't think she, <laughs> I don't think she's ever downloaded an app in her life. And I would say that's probably true of a lot of people her age, boomer generation. Whereas 
I definitely feel like, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but there is a YouTube channel called Lo-Fi Girl. Yes. And it is just a cartoon with some chill beats. It's raining outside her window. She has a little cat. And the other day she disappeared mm-hmm. and the video zoomed into another window and revealed a new character in this universe, Lo-Fi or no, Synthwave. Boy, I guess mm-hmm. we're calling him. Mm-hmm. And he studies with his little dog and listens to Synthwave. And that to me is the vibe I want from a weather app. For sure. Like cozy comfort. So I guess what we've learned today is if you're going to have an app that is wrong a lot, you should have a good vibe and be convenient. At least make it look good. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you are not subscribed, go over to thehustle.com slash email and get signed up. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.